Hello there. We'd like to welcome you to the virtual kitchen table. We're Erin from Ever Learning, Ashley from Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shelves, and myself, Hayley, from Taking a Kinder Path. We're gathering for conversations about family life and home education, particularly unschooling, which is sometimes known as self-directed learning, or as I like to call it, natural learning. We'll be sharing our experiences and ideas, learning as we go. We hope you'll pull a chair up to the table and join us. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Haley. Hello, Kiki. Hi, Erin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, Kiki, this is fun to have you with us today and just kind of connecting about a topic that actually... Um, you inspired in my mind. So this is, I really appreciate you coming (laughs) and chatting today. So just a short introduction. Um, So Kiki is a mom of two boys uh, in the UK with a third uh, child on the way, I believe a girl, Kiki, if I have that correct. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was just kind of, um, I guess I took note because in the spring you were, just really kind of upfront about how tricky um, pregnancy and parenting, pregnancy when you're not feeling well, I mean, pregnancies are very different from one another, right? But the idea of just feeling so sick and also homeschooling, and maybe it's not even just homeschooling. I mean, some of it's just parenting, right? When we're kind of wanting to bring our best to our kids, but we are not feeling anywhere close to our best. And that, I think that kind of, um, it resonated with me because I was very sick during my pregnancies and, oh, I would see women who were just breezing through it (laughs) and I was just feeling, yeah, I was just kind of feeling awful. I mean, I was feeling awful, but feeling awful that I couldn't be there for my kids in the way that I wanted to. So um, I loved that you kind of brought that forward. And then I believe, I believe I heard an Instagram live conversation with um, unschooling Stanley and that was really, it was just a really, it, I just thought it was really important to talk about because I think sometimes when we're talking about, you know, pregnancy and expecting babies, it's all kind of happy. And, and even if people are sick, there's sort of a sense of like, oh, it is what it is, but it can be really, um, just really, really a, a challenging thing. And so initially I was thinking about this conversation in that light And then I started realizing, like, it it could be so many things, you know, the last about, I'd say about month and a half, I've been having just some real trickiness in my own life. And I've been realizing, like, how even with older kids, how difficult, just how guilty I'm feeling if I'm, you know, running out at times I normally wouldn't or away longer than I would be. So yeah, I think it could, I think it's a topic that can kind of encompass a whole lot of a whole lot of pieces so yeah so I, I it doesn't matter to me who jumps in but maybe we can Kiki did you want to introduce yourself any further or or talk at all about that or um, yeah I think hearing you talk um yeah I actually feel quite emotional about it still because I'll be honest it was incredibly traumatic what um those early months and sorry I'm not gonna cry <laughs> Um, it was just such a shock to me I think and I think yeah I wanted to have that conversation openly because around I mean 
home education in general, everyone, it's a lot of like the Instagram accounts. It's all very kind of positive and all the best bits. And I definitely feel sometimes that there's something to prove because there's a lot of people who don't support it or people I know who don't understand it. So I often, I sometimes find it hard to admit the challenges behind it to certain people because that fear of judgment or that fear of, you know, they're, oh, I told you so type thing. It's not as easy as you think. Or so there was that side of it. But then also, like you said about the pregnancy side of it, I think people feel they have to be really positive about pregnancy. I mean, I'm not a pregnancy unicorn at all. I never have been, but this pregnancy has been a whole other ball game. And I think, you know, we all know people who've experienced tragic loss in pregnancy and horrendous challenges um, to even get pregnant, if if ever. So it's that balance that you don't want to be seen to be ungrateful. But it was so important that I did share how difficult, like it was just so, so hard. And I didn't anticipate that. And I'd wanted to have a third for so long. So it was just so, yeah, just just really, really hard. And I felt that it was important to bring that to people's attention because I think people, you know, the morning sickness thing, it's like, oh, yeah, try some ginger, try some salt and vinegar crisps. And, and I was just like, oh, it's just that. I've tried all that. It's not, it's nowhere near that. And then also there's the, um, I can never say the full word HG. If anyone wants hype, oh, anyone want to jump in on that one? I can never say the i don't know if i could be helpful term, it's like hyperam oh what is it grav oh anyway like severe sickness vomiting and people get i think it's in like two percent of pregnancies and people get admitted to hospital hospital in our country you know we've got uh, the duchess of cambridge or princess kate whatever who ha- had it and was in hospital so it's kind of like you're either just morning sickness like everyone else or you're severe like that and everyone's going to feel sorry for you whereas for me i think i definitely had HD to a point it's but it is like a sliding scale and it was just horrific nausea constant day and night and it was just so so debilitating but I just people can't grasp it can they because you can't like no every pregnancy is different you can't you just assume and everyone wants to be helpful and supportive but yeah it was super tough and like you say there's there's so many different um different things people are touched by when they're home educating it could be horrendous pregnancy I mean, I had a car crash at the end of last year. So that was a challenge for a couple of months anyway. And then obviously people have loss and there's there's so many different things. But I just think it's important in our community to talk about those things and to support one another. And it was incredible the support I got. It really helped. So, yeah, that's, I guess, why I wanted to kind of raise it, I think. And and do you think, sorry, I'm kind of jumping in again, but just before I forget, Kiki, you were saying, you know, this idea of it being important in our community, probably meaning the home ed community, I, I'm thinking. And I wonder sometimes if, um, because as home educating parents, we maybe feel, I, I think a lot of people feel as though we need to prove ourselves a little bit more if it's harder to talk about some of the difficult pieces, because I know for me um, in my early, my early years of, uh, of homeschooling, there was a lot of, you know, well, well, what happens if you get sick or what happens if you pass away? What, you know, will your kids be able to adjust to school or what happens if you're, you know, if your husband loses his job or if your work 
isn't as flexible anymore. And so I think people have a lot of those what ifs already. And I wonder if, you know, if we feel under a certain amount of pressure to keep it rosy (laughs) and it is rosy lots of the time, but I, I think it's a good point to be able to bring some of these other pieces that it's sure it's rosy a lot, but it's also real life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's one of those things, isn't it? If you take a path that's a bit different to a lot of the people around you, then there's always a bit of a fear that people are going to say, well, if you sent them to school, it would be fine. Or, <laughs> or you know, maybe you should send them to school now because you're dealing with this. Yeah, and I had part- that. Yeah. A few people I was surprised when I announced I was pregnant. Oh, so they'll be getting the older ones will be going to school now then. Mm. Or when I was struggling, it's like, well, if they're at school, you know, you could just be in bed all day and you wouldn't have any of this. And so, yeah, I definitely relate to that. Mm. And, it, 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 you know, and, and we all know, don't we, that just just because children are at school doesn't mean everybody has problem free lives at all. It's kind of a, a, you know, a crazy idea. But I guess it's just because it is a different path, isn't it? And people, you know, lots of people don't understand. Um, and so because they don't understand, they think, well, it would all be solved. Then if you just if you just sent them to school, then everything would be fine. So I think you're I think you're right. Yeah, there is a pressure to kind of set I don't know yeah to set a um I don't know yeah sometimes you just yeah sometimes you keep those things in because you don't um yeah you don't want to be seen or you don't want to face that kind of idea of yeah you know it's hard if you're going through a difficult time it's hard enough going through a difficult time without then having to justify every decision that you make in your life isn't it really so I think I think you're right it's a really important conversation to have yeah I have all kinds of thoughts coming up, but Ashley, I don't want to, to jump ahead. Do you have anything coming to mind? Yeah, no, just going off of what Haley was saying there too, about the idea, because I've heard that as well, like, oh, well, they can go to school or, you know, if something were to happen, they can go to school. And we, I don't think that way, even though we know that, um, you know, maybe we can consider school as an option, but lots of times when you're going through something well, for me, I don't want to hear that response, right? I don't want to someone someone to just quickly say like, oh, you could just send them to school because to me, it's not that simple. Um, so it just seems like unhelpful, maybe upsetting to hear that at times, just not, just not helpful. Um, and it doesn't solve everything. Um, I always find that that's what I run up against is, well, that wouldn't solve everything. Like I remember being um, quite sick w- with both my pregnancies and um you know, I just think back to that time and how I felt and listening to you talk about your pregnancy, Kiki, and following, you know, what you've shared along that journey. And Lindsay as well from Unschooling Stanley. And I just think like, well, what would rushing around in the mornings, getting them ready to go off to school? I can't even imagine. <laughs> I said that um, all along, like the the um, yeah. school run, I just couldn't imagine how I'd, I just wouldn't have done it. I did have to have just walked like three miles to school. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so I always think about like, and Kiki, I don't know if you want to share a little bit, but I always think about like how there's, I mean, pros and cons to everything, but I'm sure you've probably noticed during a tricky pregnancy, um, how homeschooling has whatever provided you guys with flexibility or slowing down or taking a day, you know, it's not, it's not all easy. There's those challenges, but I think in ways, probably homeschooling um, has provided you some more space that then if you weren't homeschooling, you wouldn't have that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to say, no matter how ill I was, it didn't even cross my mind that school was even an option. Like it's not, 
you know, I always bang on about how it's not, we don't, it's not this or school, like this is our life. It's not, school is like so far removed from what we're doing and it's, it's just not even on my radar. So I think whilst it's been super tough, it would have been tough if they were at school, like it would have been just different tough. Um, but this, yeah, I think I'm so focused on that relationship element with my children and that connection, which we all are as unschoolers. That's like a big, big thing, isn't it? And it's not the learning side of it is just complimentary, but the connection side of it. And it has been like, well, so tough, such a wonderful experience with my children because they've had the conversations we've had and they've had to adapt. And it's just even more in my mind kind of proven what an amazing like way of life this is for us because it just shows that we can get through tough times and we just we can adapt and you know we can kind of stay connected in different ways so you know it just meant that I still managed to read to them very like it was hard going I'm not gonna lie but you know they'd get into bed with me or they'd bring their like board games or their colouring or whatever to the bedside because I was in bed for weeks for some of it well I'd managed to drag myself up and there are certain things I know and I think your second episode one of you talked about the um the love language like love languages which my husband and I always like talk about it's a really big part of our life and then one of our sons my eldest who's seven he is all about um his main love languages he needs the act of service so he's seven. He can absolutely make his own breakfast. He can do, you know, make me coffee, toast, whatever. But he needs that element to him. So for me, it was like I will drag myself up every day and I would just do something for him to show him because he needs that kind of thing. But it's that connection that and that relationship that we have that I know what he needs. And I can have those conversations to explain what's going on but also still kind of serve him in the way he needs. Whereas my youngest is a lot more one-on-one time in that, you know, doing an activity together. So we could, again, you know, it was making sure I was doing those little things. Um, But yeah, so I think, yeah, I think that's the positives of this way of life, going through what we've been through, that whilst it was different, we could still kind of still support one, one another through that relationship, I think. Yeah, I think that's the thing I'm most grateful for about about home education, about unschooling, is that time to build that relationship, which means then that if you are going for a difficult time, you've got that time, I guess, to to check how people are, you know, if somebody needs more support, to tailor your support, like you're saying, Kiki, to your particular child. And, you know, you've got that time to ask them questions about how they're feeling. Um, And... And you've also got that time that you're not constantly thinking, oh, I've got to get this next worksheet done or I've got to get this, you know, I've got to finish this course by a certain, you know, sometimes you are doing that. But a lot of the time, yeah, there's that flexibility to actually slow down and think, right, we really need to focus in on, um, you know, people's needs. And obviously that's what we're trying to do all the time. But I think difficult times really focus the mind, don't they, and make you think, right you know step back a little bit and think right what you know how can we you know can we do more is you know do we need to think about switching things up a bit and I think that's yeah that's something I'm so grateful for that that time yeah and it's the mental health element isn't it as well I think that whilst we can have relationships but it's that putting the mental health above all else as well I suppose where it is 
I guess those conversations together like with one of you know my eldest he he work he's a bit of a worrier but he wouldn't necessarily articulate it he's a very articulate child but I can I can just tell because I know him so well when he's worrying so I could have those conversations with him and explain why I was so ill and that it wasn't forever and and I guess it was not even worrying about you know we, maths or literacy or whatever people kind of worry about um and it was very much like okay I need to be making sure that whilst I'm going through this I'm yes meeting their needs but also ensuring that their mental health is kind of provided for and I'm having that those honest conversations with them because we don't they're children but we don't treat them like you know children and we we were honest with them and we talked them through you know we're, we're very open about things and it's important to us that they can express themselves and their worries I suppose so that was a big thing so whilst at the time it felt like such a huge amount of time where we weren't doing our normal kind of activities or trips and things we're doing so much nurturing of that kind of inner self and our our mind you know our minds and how we can kind of cope with feelings and emotions and things so that was a real learning in itself I think that those are the most important things aren't they for us to learn really how to look after ourselves and and how we can support other people and you know all all that other stuff is great to learn but those two things are going to stand us in the best stead for for the rest of our lives I think aren't they I feel like there's something each of you have said that's brought up a thought. So um, Kiki, just around the love languages, that's an interesting point about sort of, I guess the way that I would define that, you're almost you're almost um, putting some energy in on the front end. So, you know, you're, you're feeling awful, um, but you know that this is a really important piece, you know, for that particular child. So it's kind of like for me I think I can think of that with a with a couple of different kids as well right with that act of service um for one I think it's the words of affirmation so just really just really being mindful of kind of doing that even when things are are busy or hard um for me just the way my brain works I think it's almost a bit of a compartmentalizing like this is even if I'm feeling tough or this is happening I really want to kind of get this, this piece set or this piece done. And I think it does go a really long way. So I, yeah, I was really interested to hear you say that. And then just actually the piece around, um, I think we were talking about that assumption about school and we definitely had that happen. Um, my husband very, very suddenly lost his job. I can't remember how many years ago it was. It was now his, his original job, but it had, we had assumed it was a very secure job. He'd been there for a number of years and um, a number of people in the company lost their jobs at once. It was just kind of a whole thing that happened and there was no time to plan for it. It it all went down in a, in a hard way. Um, And it was literally, so I think I had been with somebody on the weekend who had been expressing their doubt about this whole homeschooling thing. And they'd read an article somewhere that, you know, had listed one of the risks would be 
if, you know, if a parent who was the primary um, financial provider lost their job. <laughs> and I had kind of like, I had kind of argued and said, well, you can't live your whole life in what if, and literally like three days later, this happens to us, right? So it, it was, it was interesting timing, but it was also interesting how few people made an assumption that, um, so I was doing some part-time work, but the kids were pretty little, so I wasn't doing a load. Um, but I was able to build that really quickly. So I just kind of, yeah, I started working a lot for a period of time um, while he was looking for what, what his next step was. But yeah, that was people's assumption was, well, I'll have to go to school. Um, and it was definitely a lot of figuring out to kind of navigate it and see what was going to work. But, uh, similar to what you said, Kiki, like it, it just wasn't even on my radar. I was kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> like it's not, and I think maybe it's easier that way. If it's not even a choice in your mind, then I don't know, maybe it's easier to kind of press forward and, and figure out how you're you're going to cope. Um, and then Haley, just to your point about time, I think that's really helpful for us to remember is we have all this time that we've connected, that we've had all these common experiences, like so much more so than if our kids were in daycare or, or school all day. So, you know, we can, to some degree, you can draw on that, you know, that that's, you know, to kind of use the money, the money in the bank, I guess, analogy, um, that doesn't just all go to whatever, you know, because there's a rough month in the family. Um, and I think, you know, what I've noticed is that you see that mirrored back to you. Like it was an opportunity to see their empathy and to see their resourcefulness, um, in a way that I probably otherwise wouldn't, you know, I'm thinking of like sick pregnancies or yeah, having to flip schedules around and, I could see that that connection was, was there in some really tangible ways, which was really cool. Yeah. I, I love that idea of the money in the bank thing. Cause I, I, um, I have been, it has been said to me that I'm too nice to my children and that they're overindulged. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking things like, you know, cooking them different meals when they don't like what everybody else is having. And, you know, my kids do get breakfast in bed sometimes, things like that. Um, and but the, you know now I've got two two children in their twenties, a teenager and a, a ten year old, and I whatever I have put in, I am getting back so much more. And obviously, I didn't do it for that. <laughs> That's not why I did it, but it is amazing that I you know I have um, a few chronic health issues that flare up quite regularly. I have terrible problems with my back and migraines and stuff, so that lays me low, you know, fairly often. And yeah, and my children are so amazing when that happens. And, you know, thinking about guilt, I do feel guilty about that quite often. And then I kind of have to rein myself in. And they've said to me before, you know, it, it's you help us all the time. It's great to be able to help you. And, you know, and it is a gift, isn't it, to be able to help other people. And I think sometimes sometimes we forget that, don't we? And we, and we feel that we have to take everything on ourselves. and. Um, and I think so I think it yeah it definitely is a, a wonderful thing to be able to let other people help you when you can yeah well that kind of segues into something else I was thinking about which is 
asking for support. So if you're, if your kids are a certain age, I don't even think it has to be very old because, you know, even young kids can be really helpful in, in different ways. So I think we can get support from our, from our kids, but I'm curious, I'm curious about others experiences during different points of life, as far as, um, you know, asking for external support, whether that's a friend or, uh, you know, grandparents or hiring somebody or a neighbor. Um, it's definitely, a diff- that's definitely been a difficult piece for me. I'm not, I'm not good at asking for support. Um, I don't always know who to ask, even though I have a lot of people in my life. I feel like you can have a lot of people in your life, but everybody's so busy. Like, I just feel like it's a really busy world. And it doesn't feel like there's, I just feel like I would be imposing quite a bit. And I think the other thing that happens for me is sometimes I let things get to the point that it almost feels like I, you know, like Kiki to use the example of being sick during pregnancy. So, you know, I, by the time I would think about asking somebody for support, I would be you know, super sick to my stomach. The house is a disaster. Like, where do you start? <laughs> right. Whereas if I kind of uh, maybe thought about it a little bit earlier in the game, we could get some things set up. But I, I think my tendency is to keep pushing myself, you know, well, we can get through, maybe I won't even need to ask for help until you get to that point of like, you know, oh, wow, I have a three-year-old who really needs somebody to be supervising them right now. Um, and then it just, it, then it feels like an urgent call somehow rather than a well-planned thing. So I'm just curious if other people find that a little easier than I do, or if, if anyone's had similar experiences. I don't think I'm not so good at asking for help, but if it's offered, I will take it from certain people, not just like any old person, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, it's really tricky. I mean, I, I had an amazing neighbor and friends and my sister-in-law and and grandparents offering but the tricky thing I had particularly with my eldest I think the age of seven is um just a bit of a tricky age for them sometimes and he just didn't want to leave me at all so I'd have these amazing offers and he might go once and he's like, I'm not going again I want to stay with you and I think it was half worrying about me leaving me behind and and also it's different it's you know we're not just home educators are we we're unschoolers and it is it, we're kind of on the end of the spectrum to a lot of people that I know and so I am quite like I don't want to say I'm a control freak at all I'm like most people I know would say I'm really chilled out but I have very specific things and ways and I think a lot of it is the communication with my children which just isn't the norm in society and and that is what I found I found really tricky is like I said before I don't really treat I treat them like obviously they're children so I don't treat them like a friend like I, I respect that they're younger than me and they need guidance and all of that but I guess in terms of we have boundaries but we're not authoritarian in any way and the rule thing to us is again it's boundaries not rules whereas most people we know you know they might come back and then they'd say how they were spoken to or something happened and they were really upset with how it was handled because mummy or daddy wouldn't have handled it that way 
So, but then also that in itself is a life learning for them. So that is something that I can't shelter them from. I'm very aware of that. And I say that to them that, you know, whilst we do it this way, unfortunately in life, you know, other people do things differently. And when you're sat at the dinner table, you might be expected to use your knife and fork instead of just your fork or, you know, and I, and whilst we, I guess it's that explain. And, and again, it's all, it's all like another learning in itself, isn't it? It's kind of, so I guess there's, there's that side of it, but then I guess it's like my eldest, again. <laughs> I keep talking about him, but he, um he doesn't, he doesn't enjoy being spoken to in a rude way. And I really fully respect that and no child should. And so, for example, we were at a group this week. It was a trampolining gymnastics group. And he was asking why that was a rule. Genuinely, like he he's very inquisitive and he just needs to know. Okay, that's a rule. But why? And the answer was because I said so. And so immediately he came to me and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sorry, but that's really rude. She can't even. Why can't she just explain it to me? So it's that kind of thing that I think then that I was feeling the guilt of not being able to do enough with them and being stuck in bed but then the guilt of oh my goodness they're being exposed and, and I was probably being over dramatic about it whilst you know feeling so awful they're being exposed to these horrible like I don't know conversations or just a different way and I was like what damage is this going to do and like if I if they go out for weeks on end and it's ridiculous now I look back and I think oh for goodness sake but at the time you know when you're going through a hard time whatever it is you can be bit melodramatic about things can't you or you kind of go too deep on stuff but I think yeah so it's tricky and then it's other children and being exposed to I guess the wonderful thing about this life is we want them to be exposed to as many different people and experiences and places but also we can like to a certain extent um I, get, I guess it's the guidance. I wouldn't want to shout at them from certain people or places, but we can at least guide them through situations that they might not be used to or they might not enjoy, if that makes sense. Vicky, I can relate to so much of what you're saying right now, which doesn't surprise me because when I listen to you share about your journey on your podcast, I've related a lot. And I think our, like my eldest is similar to your eldest in ways, but um, I have felt very similar with, especially this past year when things started to open up more with the pandemic and wanting to whatever, go on like homeschool field trips with other groups and where, and then you're dealing and interacting with the other children and families and parents and those experiences, um, signing them up for programs at the library or any extracurricular type activity or sport. Um, I agree so much with what you're saying. We do want them to have all these experiences that they're interested in and exposed to these different situations. But I feel I've been I've always felt strongly since they're really little, since they were babies, really, that I wanted to be there to support them through any, not any and all, but for most of those challenges, especially with my oldest who, um, you know, if he was out on his own, like last year he was in forest school and he had a difficult situation a couple of times. He's not one to come and have a conversation with me about that. Whereas if I were present, cause it, this was a drop-off program, um, I would have picked up on things. I would have noticed things and I just completely missed it. And it was a, you know, a short program. And then I was able to piece it together afterwards. And those things are going to happen, but 
I think I want to limit how often they experience those things when they're young, where I can't support them or guide them in some way. So that's been a real obstacle, I guess, that we faced while home educating. Um, and I'm also thinking too, is that our, we don't have extended family around. So my in-laws who, um, my two have a great relationship with and my two sisters who they have a great relationship with. Like I was saying earlier with, with you guys, before we started recording, um, they all actually live about like an hour and a half to two hours away. So not real far. And we can see them regularly, which is great or fairly regularly. Um, they're not around to help out, which is really unfortunate. Um, and I, my husband and I do talk about that quite a bit because it really does come down to the two of us um, supporting them, our, the, our two boys, um, every day, all day. And yeah, if like grandma was not far or if their aunties weren't far, I just think that that would, it's almost like that village people talk about, right? And I, we do have good relationships with our extended family members. Um, but there's that distance. So that makes it tricky. Um, and then, and those are the, that's the other thing that led me to this was um, like my mother-in-law and my two sisters, I can trust, like they're very respectful with the boys and they know how important that is to us and how they're spoken to and, and they just have an understanding of how we uh, parent, I guess. Um, for a lack of like, there's probably a better way of putting that, but they just, they've kind of seen how we've parented from the beginning and they seem to really respect that. So I think if they lived closer, I would be like, I'd probably ask for that help. Um, not just because it would be helpful, but be also, also because I think it would be great um, for them to spend more time with, with family and just other adults really. Um, but that we would have comfort around knowing that they would be, um, yeah, just respected as little people. Yeah, I can relate so much to that too. I, I can remember, um, so my husband's brother passed away really suddenly when he was just in his, his 20s. And so there was a lot of, um, well, just a lot of, of, again, they were out of town a little bit. So a lot of days where we needed to kind of first the shock of finding out so we went then it was you know visitations and funerals um and trying to figure out again we don't have family uh you know close by to, to we we certainly have some that we can call in but it's not you know it's not in the same community or or whatever so i can remember trying to figure that out too because that was too much i think my oldest we might have only had my oldest Anyway, I remember he was about two, I think. Um, and I remember thinking, you know what? There's there's no way we can do all these things with him. We're, we're going to have to, it was like I was kind of willing myself to be like, all right, you need to let go a little bit. You need to accept somebody's help. And, and you know, so I, I kind of took that plunge and I did that. He was very attached. So, um, which is funny because he's, so he's such a strong independent person now but he was so attached as a little guy um and I can remember dropping him off somebody had offered it, and I knew her very well like I knew the family very well it wouldn't have been like a safety issue or anything like that but um I can remember dropping him off and he you know he was expressing 
I think confusion about being, you know, about why we were driving away. It wasn't a house he would have been before, but not really regularly. And I remember the mom saying um, something like, now, look, we were looking so forward to having you, but don't freak out. This isn't going to work if you freak out. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, it was such a hard day for us already. I think it must have been a visit. It must have been a visitation. So for the funeral, um, yeah, I remember talking to sister and and he came with us but so did she and she just stood you know she kind of walked at the at the back of the uh the church um because yeah that just hit me so hard I was like oh this is already such a difficult day and now I'm like oh my gosh how is this going to go for all these hours because we had to drive and then you know um and I think especially back then I would often I would often have some guilt about feeling too soft like what you're saying Haley oh my gosh I can relate to that so much there was this sense of like me not being able to let go or um you know they'll be fine they need to be away from you more or or whatever but I don't know over the years I've realized that I think listening to my instincts for me was the best the best thing you know it's it, it really is hard to ask for support when you don't know exactly what, what that time is going to be like for your child. So um, I'm curious, we talked a little bit too about, um, well, we, I kind of had put out as a discussion idea around self-care. Um, also something that I haven't found, I've been super <laughs> clear on for myself. I don't know if, if, if other people find that easier, I think part of it for me too, was trying to figure out how you even define self-care because I think it's become kind of a, a buzz term. And a lot of it I find in more sort of like mainstream circles is around like having a spa day or making sure you get away. And I, those are great things. If you know, some people enjoy them more than others. Um, but I think the idea of self-care can almost become a whole other stress. If you, if you're trying to find ways to separate yourself from your kids so that you can go care for yourself. And I'm curious about that idea that care, like almost like, like it's oppositional, like in order to care for yourself, you can't be with your children or they have to, you, you know, they have to put up with something so that you can take care of yourself. So um, yeah, I've kind of been thinking about that lately. And I, I was thinking before we started talking, I think it's, um, uh, uh, is it Lucy Atkin Reed who talks about points of mutual, I don't know if you guys have heard what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You're, you're having yeah. a, an experience. Both of you are getting something out of it, which I think happens so much more than we've been raised to feel it would there seems to be this dynamic that it's either the parent is winning or the child is winning and I know for me um two nights ago I'd had a a particularly difficult it had just been hours had a really difficult um kind of day with this particular situation and I'm driving home and I'm thinking oh I haven't seen anybody but I really need to lie down um and it, you know, just with a little bit of thought, it worked out really well. We just kind of, there happened to be a basketball game on, which my two youngest wanted to watch anyway. So we kind of had like a hot chocolate night and we all just, like me chilling out was not in opposition to what they were quite happy also to chill out. 
And it didn't really require a lot of me other than to be present. So I love that idea. And if somebody else can write, it's completely escaping me what the actual term is right now. But I think it, I think it's points of mutual fulfillment, something like that it is, I think. Yeah, um, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, and it's a really good blog post she's got about that, yeah. Um, and I think it's similar to that thing about when you, ex- some the fear that if you express that you're having a problem, people will say, oh, why don't you send them to school? I think there's also that, that idea that if you're, if you're having issues, well, it's because you need a break, isn't it? It's because you need a break from them. Whereas I think that so much of what we find when we're unschooling is that the connection and the relationship are so important and you don't yeah you don't want to break those things do you You don't want those are the things that make it work um and and obviously there's nothing wrong with going out for the night or going for a spa weekend or any of those things all those things are great if if you know if that's what you you want to do but I don't think self-care has to take you away from your children there are plenty of things that you can do you know, and I, and I think even actually it's more important those things that you do, those little things that you do on a daily basis are even more powerful, really. And they're a brilliant example for your children as well, aren't they? That you want your children to take care of themselves. And my girls say that to me a lot. You know, if, if I'm kind of, I don't know, it was my birthday and I was reading a book in the front room you know not a book to them or (laughs) or um a book about education or parenting or anything like that you know just a novel and um and I was kind of oh this is so indulgent and they were saying you know you shouldn't say that to us because you know you want us you know you think it's great when we're reading books don't you you want us to do that why would you make it into such a big a big deal and uh, you know that comes back to you know parental guilt and you know you want to do the best for your children and sometimes you feel a bit bad if you're not you know, those are things we have to work on for ourselves, aren't they? But I think that thing about being, um, you know, we are modelling for our children all the time, aren't we? And if, if, if we want them to look after themselves, then we need to walk that walk sometimes a bit, a bit more than, than we do, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, lots of people come to home education for different reasons. For me, it's just as much for me as it is for my children it's our family it's not we're not doing it because we want our children to have a specific private kind of education of some sort we're doing it because it's a way of life that just works for all of us and it nurtures all of our needs you know our mind body and soul type thing and so I think it's I don't feel like I need time away from my children as such I do like I'll, I'll get it in the week but I think when I first told people that we were going to, you know, I was going to pull my eldest out of school and we're going to home educate. So many of my friends were like, but what about you? You need your time. Like, how are you going to cope? And it's like, this is what I need, actually. It might not be what you need. But for me, this is what makes me feel, you know, alive and content and fulfilled. And it's okay that not everyone feels that way. But I think I I don't, I've got friends who do regular weekends away with their husbands or with their friends and and it's like their thing they have to do once a month they go away and leave the kids or whatever no matter how old their kids are and that's absolutely fine I would never judge them for that that they do what they need to do but for me the I just couldn't I couldn't be away from my children that much and I don't feel like I need to I feel like I'm I've always had this strange feeling that I'm missing out so the so in the week they go 
and spend at the moment it's more like a day but usually half a day with their grandparents most weeks because obviously the grandparents go on holidays or they've got elderly relatives and things it's not every week but um but even then like when they come back I mean it's great because I get stuff done or whatever but when they come back I'm just so excited to see them so I don't feel like I need separation such I think for me like you were saying Hayley about reading a book so at the start of the year I took up um learning to play the piano and I'd wanted to do it for years and I hadn't done it since a child sadly not been doing it the last few months because it's just gone way down the priority list but but it was so good for them so you know I'd say in the evening right you go get your pajamas on mummy's got her piano time now and it was so good for them to see that I was learning something a hobby that was important they didn't have to do it if you know they might want to come and join in if they wanted to but it wasn't about them it was about me and the other thing, and this is what I found so mentally tough in this pregnancy not being able to do, is I've always gone out for a daily walk. And that was something in like, the, you know, the pandemic times that started and I go for at least a good like, a good hour in the morning. So obviously my husband was at home um, and he still works from home most days. So I was fortunate I could do that. And that again is, I always explain that to them that you know, it's that I'm looking after my physical and mental health by doing that. And I also want to go and listen to my podcasts and I just want some time on my own and that's okay. Because we all, I think it's encouraging that as well, isn't it? With our, you know, with our children that, that to have that independent time to hear their thoughts and explore themselves and really kind of delve deep into themselves. And so whilst we're together every day, my self-care was definitely a walk every day which I've done for years and I, I can't now because I've got such horrific back and pelvic problems so I'm really struggling with that but um yeah I think it's just self-care doesn't there is no I think it's quite a marketed thing isn't it in society where it's like yeah you go for a spa day with your friends or you go away for a weekend and do all these fancy things with your husbands and it but it's often those people who you know have the big gifts that they like to kind of flash about on an anniversary where I was we'd just happy, happily go for a walk or something but you know it's I guess it's just so personal to to all of us but I think you're right Hayley it's it's making it's modeling to them isn't it that we're and also that mummy and daddy have we're not just all about them we have our own things going on as well and we're our own person we're so yeah I think it's so important to kind of find your own self-care and whatever that might look like yeah I can um I've been thinking about self-care so similar to Erin um maybe not for as long of a stretch but for the past um week or a little bit longer than a week now I've found um I've been needing a little bit more self-care, but I agree so much with Haley that it's about building it into that, um, almost like your daily rhythm, um, and figuring out what self-care practices, um, actually work best for you and for each family member. So similar to the love languages, maybe, right? Like taking some time, um, Kiki, like you talked about how you figured out quite a while ago that going for a walk, which is one for me too, getting outside and going for a walk by myself, listening to a podcast, doing this, like I'm not with my kids right now, although they know I'm just upstairs doing something like this on my own that I know kind of fills me up or going outside and getting that fresh air on my own, but building those things into, um, yeah, just, just what we do, maybe not every day, but a little bit every week or however much we need, 
Um, because I think about things like, I mean, I love getting away with my husband when we can, um, I, but I wouldn't want it to be very often because to me, it sounds stressful um, trying to organize something like that. Um, it'd probably be one of those things that like once we're away, I could relax a bit, but I'd still be missing the boys a lot and be, you know, wondering uh, how they're doing. Um, so while we could do that maybe one or two times a year, that wouldn't be a self-care practice that I would get a lot out of if we did it often. So I've been thinking the past like week and a half about self-care and um, talking with others about it in the home educating community. And I've kind of focused on the um, seven types of rest. Um, and that's helped me really... Um, just like spend more time thinking about what other self-care practices I could maybe incorporate because so far I have figured out like going for walks. I just, I don't know how I figured out that that felt good. I just did at some point. And um, there's other ones like listening to music or reading a novel. I mean, lots of times it's things we do. We want to see our other, our children doing. <laughs> so it's like, they know we just need to take we need to follow their lead. Right. Um, but I've been thinking about, you know, like, do I need more physical rest? Do, so going to bed earlier is one that, um, although sometimes I think on the flip side, staying up late for me is a little bit of self-care too, because I actually prefer that. But sometimes like this past week and a half, when things have been a little bit more stressful, I've made a point of going to bed earlier, more nights, because I just know that that physical rest will benefit me. And um, mental rest. So I know I can, and this is kind of more of a new discovery for me. Like I would say the last six months to a year, I've realized that my mind races more than I realize. And I can actually enjoy that a lot, you know, thinking about something that I find very interesting, but then I crash <laughs> and I've just, I've let my mind go and go and go. And I've spent so long thinking about something that it's actually become um, just too much and I need mental rest. Um, so I've just been trying to think more about how can I just become more aware of those things for myself so that I can incorporate that and regularly practice self-care. So hopefully... I don't feel like, ah, I just need to get away and nap for a full day. Um, but also now thinking about how do my children and my husband, so how, like, how does each family member, um, like what does self-care look like for them? And that's obviously something that they, they'll figure out as they grow too, but it is different. It is unique. Um, so while I like listening to other people's self-care, um, and especially home educating parents, like how they fit that in, because I find it inspiring. I think it very much is taking time to figure out like what, what actually works for us and giving ourselves permission to, to fit those things in as best as we can. And even more so when we're going through stressful times. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, like, so Ashley, when you're highlighting those, it's so I like that to be able to kind of look at that in kind of breaking it down like that. And I am trying to think what book it was that I read and I can't remember um, whether it was, a, whether it also incorporated the seven types of rest. I think it was called sacred rest. Um, I'm going to have to look up the, the author, but it was that idea of really looking at the different aspects of your life. And I think um, when we're going through a difficult time, it, it's so helpful to do that because I find when, 
when we're not in such a challenging time, whether it's our physical health or, you know, emotional or, or kind of whatever the case may be, for me, at least, I just kind of hum along. I'm not necessarily um, tuning in as much to how my body's feeling or what thoughts I have racing or what emotions are coming up because it's, you know, you're not as triggered. You're, you're, you can just kind of go with the flow. And I, I have found, you know, again, these last couple of weeks, I'm really aware of um, the, like, you know, a migraine coming on or the tension in my shoulders or um, almost like fatalist thinking, like, like my, my thoughts will just be racing. Well, if this happens, then that will happen. And, and so it's kind of like using difficult times as an opportunity to become more in touch with who we are. And I mean, in a perfect scenario, I would take those cues <laughs> and also keep them in mind, you know, even when, when things aren't so difficult, I can't say I really do that. I think I, it's just the same thing, right? A, a bad time and you start to notice it again. Um, but I guess it, maybe it's a little bit of an interesting, um, I don't want to say perk to bad times, but it, it, I think it does help us tune in a lot more to how we're feeling and what we're thinking, um, what triggers us you know, are there relationships or foods or any sorts of things that maybe aren't serving us very well? And I think, you know, sometimes we can put along pretty, pretty long until something stops us and we go, okay, hold on. That food's not helping me right now, or this relationship is not very healthy for me right now. Um, So yeah, maybe those tougher times can be used as signals to a degree. Um, the other thing I was thinking about Kiki, when you were talking about having friends who, um, you know, may have weekends away either by themselves or, you know, with their spouse or, or whatnot, it's interesting. Um, my husband has a group of friends and it was very much like guys, like it's, it's a group of guys and they have these guys weekends. But what I started to notice, um, his one friend who's a single guy who doesn't have, have kids, he would often be like, well, bring the family. Like he'd say this to lots of people, bring the kids. And I always felt that was interesting because, well, my initial thought was you don't have kids. So you don't understand <laughs> the challenges. Cause it's like a five hour drive. And, you know, so initially I was thinking, Oh, he's just making this so simple. Just bring the kids. Um, but then I kind of started looking at it in a different way because I noticed that some of the other guys would, would bring their kids or there'd be this kind of big outdoor thing, or he really likes to host sort of, he creates these events and he likes to host. And it was really interesting because that is a, a sort of an environment where I can see everybody taking care of themselves. Like the kids can be there. Teens can be there. Adults can be there. And it doesn't have to be this like, everybody's enjoying themselves, but it's not, there's no effort to get away from the kids, you know? Um, so it's just been kind of an interesting dynamic that I've seen. And the one guy, uh, they all, they all live kind of a few hours away from us. So they were coming this way and he invited my husband for lunch. And he's like, you know, I think I'm going to bring my son. Would you like bring your guys for lunch? And it's just this very, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, I guess, where, and now I'm getting all sociological, but I'm curious where this whole thing started about everybody having to be separated in order to take care of themselves or be happy. So it's just fun for me to see situations where people are enjoying being together and it's not about 
like quote getting away from your life it's enjoying yourself within your your life but I think it it seems in my experience it seems to be more of a female thing because I think you're right that's made me think my husband loves taking the boys out at the weekend to see his friend whether their kids are there or not and they'll just go or they'll go for like a curry night and just you know my husband would just take the boys with his friend and he has his boy time you know his man time as well but I don't think it's as big a thing for the men whereas I think women and I I don't know if it's some again it's just a marketing society thing I think where we think like it gets the weekend we need to have child-free brunch or whatever and don't get me wrong I love that because it's nice to actually finish a conversation or whatever um but yeah I think it is definitely more of a do you think I mean and we could go too deep here couldn't we we could be here for hours but I think for so long women have done everything and now we're kind of getting this kind of female power a bit more where we deserve more than that and we you know and and rightly so like completely I'm all for that but I think it is more you know no now we'll leave the kids with the your husband or your partner with their dad and we'll we we deserve this weekend or and there is that but yeah I, I think it is definitely more of like a female thing maybe I don't know I'm sure I think we do live in a society, don't we, that is much more about kind of competition and independence and, um, I don't know, rather than kind of the communication and consent and cooperation and all those things. You know, we've been pushed, I think, away from our natural tendencies, haven't we? And it's, you know, and I don't think that's a good thing for humanity. And I think you said, Erin, about one of the benefits of of, um, difficult times I think definitely um, we, I, I think I mentioned it in the, the episode about our hormone moments. Um, my daughter's talking about how everybody hasn't got it all figured out. I think that being honest with our children about the fact that we're going through struggles and challenges, obviously not in a way that is, is um, overwhelming for them or placing any responsibility on them to take care of us, but just about being a bit more honest is really, can be really helpful because then, otherwise it might skew their perception if they think everything is always rosy in our garden and then they have problems of their own you know they might take that on board and think well it must be something I must be doing something wrong or I'm the problem rather than them realizing that everybody has challenges and that you know it's not them that's getting getting it wrong um so I think it is you know it's really important to be honest um isn't it about those kinds of things and that's one of the beauties of unschooling that whole thing about you know the, the deeper the relationship the fact that we are you know we're a team when it comes to things like education and learning opportunities um but we're that extends then to to everything to all areas of our lives and you know that extends to things like you know helping each other out you know if you have that kind of team mentality then that um you know we're still going to have difficult times we're still going to have challenges and we're all still going to be upset and sometimes we're going to be you know not as nice to each other as we'd like to be but the fact that at at the core we all have you know that is that is our kind of family Uh, I'm struggling to find the right word but our family culture I guess is about being a team then I guess that is just um yeah that just makes things so much nicer I guess 
Yeah, and I think it kind of does. It, it goes back to um, prioritizing mental health and overall well-being and that and sending the message that you don't none of us have to do it alone. We are a family and we can do it together. And it's not um, like a, a badge of honor to be hustling all the time and working all the time and taking care of everything. And it, it reminds me of how many times I've heard people reflect on their own childhood and they'll talk about how their mom just took care of everything. You know, I didn't realize how hard my mom was always working, but she was always, she was, when I think about it, go, 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 you know, um, taking care of everyone. And, and I don't really remember her taking care of her. Like, when did she take care of herself? So I think um, maybe in ways in particular, it might be important for us as, as mothers to, um, prioritize that, that, that time of rest and, um, slowing down and taking care of ourselves. And, um, so that they see us doing that, um, and that they know that it's important to do that and that they, they deserve to do that just like everybody else. Um, there's something, I lost my train of thought, so I'll end there. No, that, that's good, Ashley. And I was just thinking the, um, as far as kind of some of the discussion points that we'd thought about, um, the other one was just pieces around what we might have noticed that our kids have. I mean, I guess benefit seems like a strange word when it's been a difficult time, but just whether it's growth or whether it's um, skills or whether it's connection with us. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious if if you know if you think about different times that have been trying and when I think you know I've been thinking about this you have those things in life that are like one event that's very difficult right so whether it's being really really ill during pregnancy or whether it's a death or a job loss or something that's really concrete but then I think we also have periods of time where um it's just it's kind of under the surface that stuff is kind of tricky it's not necessarily a grand event it's just a period of time is a little bit more difficult um and I think in both of those situations if I'm often it's in hindsight I, I yeah I think often I'm looking back and I'm thinking it, it's just it's just kind of fascinating to look and see what comes of that like and I've always sort of when I think about the word resilience because I think that's one that comes up for me when I think okay if if I've been really sick or I've had a really difficult time and my kids are kind of needing to quote fend for themselves a little bit more over that period of time and I think resilience is a word that we we hear a lot and I've always kind of had mixed feelings about what we mean by that when we when we say resilience I guess I just kind of want to put that disclaimer out there but it is interesting to look at that level of resilience that kids have and yet also be conscious that kids can be really sensitive to situations so I think it it I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles and I'm, <laughs> but I think what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we can look back and say, oh, wow, because of this, they really, this skill really developed or this, this character trait really developed. Um, or maybe it was there, but this event kind of allowed it to come to the surface. Um, and then maybe there are other times that it just is really tough and we just have to say that. Like, yeah, they were really impacted by this. Um, and sometimes that just has to be what it is. 
for me, I find it hard not to take on guilt over that, but we, we can't, we can't control life circumstances and we can't control children's reactions to them. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of two different things, I guess, you know, what are the strengths we've noticed? Um, but also maybe there are times where we do notice some things that are negative that have come out of something. Um, and for me, the work there is just not to take that all on myself. Yeah, I think it's really important to feel those feelings, isn't it? And we're all, you know, just as parents, we, you know, we want to do the best for our, we want to do the best for our children all the time. That, you know, that's our focus, isn't it? And I think one of the things, though, that you made me think about, Erin, while you was talking, while mm-hmm. you were talking about that, was the the whole thing about the 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 longer we've been living like this, the longer we've been unschooling, the kind of more confidence and faith I've got in their ability to deal with things um, because I suppose because I know them so well not that that means they're superheroes at all because they have really difficult times themselves but I guess I know well hopefully there's there's more openness there so they've got the ability to hopefully ask for help and um, yeah and and hopefully our relationship's strong enough that like you were saying Kiki about noticing things you've got more time haven't you with this life to do it but also I was thinking about the learning things that that's another thing that you get more confident as you go along the more that you see them learning the more that you realize that they're learning all the time the more that you don't the more that difficult times are just another opportunity to learn aren't they and I think that that's really um can be really comforting because yeah, there there are going to be times like when I'm sick or or when you know we had um, our youngest daughter when we were two years, two or three years into this, um, and I and I you know there were times there where I thought, oh, am I letting them down? But then the beauty of them being able to be at home all day when I had a tiny baby was just such an amazing experience in terms of you know the things that they that they learn and they took away from that. Um, yeah, I don't think I've answered your questions, Erin. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just just some things that you made me think about. Yeah, I think you're. It's what you said earlier as well. Um, that we are a team, and it is a two way thing. It's not just us focusing on the children. It's us as human beings, and they and modelling and. With modelling, that is being ourselves and our children are going to see our best selves and unfortunately sometimes not our best selves. And, you know, for example, the other day, my hormones have just suddenly gone raging and I'm just having like these crazy, like, just overwhelmed moments where uh, we'd had something, a tumble dryer delivered and I'd just washed all the baby clothes and my husband had picked up the dirty dog towels and thrown them on top of the clean baby clothes. Well, I just lost it. I was like, and, and it's ridiculous. Like normally I just, I'd have been annoyed, but, and I ended up just properly crying. I mean, apps in the utility room, just like his, hysterical crying. And my youngest son, who's fine, was like, mommy, what, what's happened? Are you okay? And, and then my husband came down and then my seven-year-old came down and we were just ended up doing this big group hug where I was just properly crying. And now <laughs> we could then, when I'd calmed down, it was so lovely like, to have that moment together. But I could then say, it's, no, it's not your fault. Because I remember somebody on Instagram, I can't remember who said that, 
you know, it's okay to show our children when times are really hard for us or when we're really upset by something. And it's okay for mummy and daddy to cry. And, you know, we don't want to put guilt on them because it wasn't their fault anyway. Like, even if it had been them, we put the towels on there. It was, you know, it's, it's not your fault, but I'm human too. And things upset me sometimes. And I have these hormones. And, and I think it's really healthy to do that just as it is to let our children feel things and fit. So for example, um, when I was growing up, it was just me and my mum and my mum, I guess she, she finds uh, like when my sons are upset, incredibly triggering and, and I, and it, I'm triggered by her response because her response is um, she tries to distract them immediately. So the other day, my son, we've got a beautiful tea set, which is like their great grandma's tea set. And we use it for our poetry time every week. And they've been f- for two years getting this set out and, be- you know, carefully doing it. And he just dropped a plate, the only cake plate we had left. And he was so upset because he knows how special it is. And he just, you know, was you couldn't console him. And he ran off until he takes himself away. And my mum's like, oh, no, come back. Look, look, look at this book. Look, look, look at this. And I was like, mum, it's OK. He needs to feel it. Okay. He's really upset because it's a really upsetting thing to happen. We need to let them feel that. And then the whole time she was on edge waiting for him to come back. Oh, do you think we need to go and check him? And I'm, I know him well enough that he needs five minutes to himself. And then I will go in and I'll check. And I, do you want to come back in? And, and I, you know, and say those things. It's really upsetting. You feel really angry at yourself. And you know, and let them process that. Whereas I think it, it's just very hard, isn't it, for some people to kind of, I guess, do that. And But it's, yeah, I think it's just important that all of us, and then we had this conversation of, does daddy ever cry? And because they've not written, like, and yeah, so it's like, yes, daddy's cry too. And so I don't know, I think, of, I don't know if I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but it just sort of reminded me that we are all human beings and we are a team, isn't it? And we're looking out for each other. It's not just, it's okay for us all to be, and we handle things differently, don't we? We all, um, and I guess that connection, that relationship is we know we don't treat everyone the same because we're all different. And it's important to be able to be really aware of that with individuals, I suppose, in the family. I think, I think what you said is brilliant. And I think the, the, you know, there, there, there is, it's true that if you go through a, a deeply emotional experience with somebody, then you tend to be closer, you know, they, they, you know, it, it, that's not a bad thing, is it? it? It's a, you know, it's a good thing to be able to support each other with our emotions. And I know I did some research a while back on, on the benefits of crying. And, you know, and I know different people cry more than other people, but there are, you know, really significant physiological benefits to, to crying. And I think, yeah, we are, as a society, a bit frightened of crying, aren't we? We don't like it in kids and we really don't like it in adults, um, you know, it, it, which is a real shame because I think, you know, if we all cried a bit more. But also, I think, like you said, Hayley, that as you have grown older now, it's um, you want like one of the main things I really, really wanted when I became a mum and is that I want my children to come to me no matter what, no matter how, like whatever the situation, and I want to be able to really support them. I don't want anything like off the table. Like I want them to be able to, if they've done something really terrible or really it's something embarrassing or they're feeling ashamed, whatever it is, I want them to be able to feel that. And I think, again, I, I remember again as, as a child a few times, if I had, yeah, I remember saying to my mum, you know, I, I was 
I felt like I was being bullied at school for something I didn't I mean I was I was lucky through school but there was obviously something that had happened and I so I told her because I was so upset about it and then I remember the next day she said I didn't sleep I just thought I can't believe it's so terrible so then I felt so burdened with my own anxiety of what was going on but I also felt 10 times worse that I also now burdened her with it so I think then stopped and I only had this conversation with my husband the other day I have to really try hard to articulate and vocalise when I'm feeling overwhelmed because I don't want to burden people around me. I don't want to burden my husband with, you know, busy at work and I'm not only am I moaning about like being in pain constantly or whatever it is, you know, I want to, I just find it sometimes hard, I think, like to admit, it's like asking for help, isn't it? It's hard to admit sometimes that you're struggling because you just don't want to burden others. But then I'm on the flip side of that, I'm aware that, I need to do that things differently so my children don't ever feel like that I would hate the thought of them feeling that way that they couldn't come to me because they're worried that I'm going to get upset you know it's kind of yeah but I don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that all makes a whole lot of sense to me um Kiki and I and I I do think I spend a lot of time thinking about how other people will respond to how I'm feeling so if I'm feeling overwhelmed, uh, yeah, I think my tendency is to kind of downplay it, put on a happy face, kind of keep everybody, um, you know, on a, on a happy balance because I, I can relate to that, to having grandparents very triggered as well from, from upsets. And, and it, you know, it took me a really long time. <clears throat> Even recently, I've just been learning more and more, just understanding the range of, I think what's probably, I don't know if we want to use the word normal, but the huge range of the way that children, um, you know, behave and express their emotions because, you know, I had one in particular just with very strong kind of these big outbursts. And I would say at times it was kind of terrifying for a couple of the grandparents that they didn't, you know, they didn't know what to do with that. And, then I was taking on, I think similarly to, to maybe what you're saying, I was then taking on their overwhelm and it was just a whole, whole thing. And of course, then everybody's feeding off this energy when really all it was is a, you know, it's a very strong expression of, of toddler emotion or, or young child emotion. But, um, and then it made me wonder if, if, if grandparents were kind of noticing it this much, how much did my husband and I push in (laughs) that this seemed to be so like um, out there, you know, to, to our parents, but yeah. So that's, that's kind of a whole interesting conversation in itself. I feel like, Um, and Haley, just, just doubling back to your piece about the learning, because I think with homeschooling, that's probably the piece that sets us apart from parents are having a difficult time, but their children are in school. Well, it's one of the pieces is doesn't that disrupt the learning that's happening or doesn't it disrupt what we're able to bring to the table? Um, And I think, as you said, it's really just, it's just different learning for that period of time. Well, one, I think it's different learning for that period of time, but other times I just find that, um, it's interesting what they'll continue with on their own or what they'll figure out between each other. Or sometimes that I am able to be more present than I, 
they would have thought. So it's not just kind of a wash, you know, it's not like learning is just a wash because there's a difficult time. Yeah. And that just makes me think just quickly, Erin, how um, I think a lot of people in the home educating community, especially in the unschooling community specifically, um, like I know the more I learn about how my kids are always learning, it takes that pressure off so that that's, you know, I'm not worried about um, if we go, you know, however long where there's none of that like visible learning happening, right? Because I'm seeing it all the time now anyway. Um, so when things, when I need to slow down or, or whatnot, I don't, that's not even really on my mind anymore, um, which, which I think is a nice piece or a nice place to get to um, when you're kind of living uh, this way, this lifestyle. Yeah. Kiki, I'm curious if how, you know, just because of the age of your boys, what did you notice around kind of their learning or the activities that they were um, just kind of the flow of your, of your days? Because I know, I mean, I love watching some of your reels with just lots of outdoor activity, lots of interesting things at home. And I'm sure that that really shifted the whole pace of your day um, with you not feeling well. Yeah, I think I've always said that strewing has been like a real thing for us in that it's and not like these incredible Pinterest and Instagram strews that I see. And I think, wow, I mean, but you know, just as simple as literally getting a big box of like flour out and some of their small toys or just a load of water play, even at their age, they'll still, you know, jars and paints and water and they'll just make potions. So I think we've always done that I don't I just kind of come up with it on off the off the cuff type thing so I think that was really helpful they used to that and also this way of life they're used to independent time now and they are that bit older I mean I often say I could work full-time with my seven-year-old and he'd just crack on with his projects um not quite my five-year-old um but yeah and they would just they're just even more so dive into the independent play and obviously they have each other to play with they get on brilliantly most of the time always um so yeah I don't I haven't really I just didn't find it's hard not being able to go out I think into we you know our adventures in nature we go out for miles most days kind of just take hours at it I just, I just now I can't physically because I'm in so much pain but um yeah on the whole it's I guess, yeah, we've kind of managed to carry on to a certain point um, and they've just enjoyed playing because we just, that's our priority, play and stories, you know, having audio books on all the time. Um, so it's like, like I say, the learning side of it wasn't really, it was more, I think that FOMO of what we're missing out on. That was the main guilt for me, not the learning side of it at all. It was more, you know, there's so many amazing things to go to. There's always like a home ed day on ancient Egyptians or I don't know, I can't think now like the, the natural history museum in London like we'd go down there and they're really into something I think oh, oh that's it. I really wanted to take them to um the Tower of London and to do the crown jewels because my eldest is really into like jewels and gems and all that and they're both we all love the Tudors so it's things like that I think more not being able to go and do those things I found frustrating like we're missing out but my husband's been so good he's always saying but you've got the rest of your life to do all that like you this is just a few months and I met a wonderful friend who she feels like I've known her for years and we only met during this pregnancy near this beginning 
And she just said, you just have to surrender to the here and now. And I think like you were saying, Erin, that your word is kind of like resilience like, at the moment, or whereas mine is surrender. And it, it literally, she said that word and it just spoke to me. And since then, I have just really, it's really helped. You just have to surrender to whatever season you're in. And I think all the podcasts I've been listening to over the last three years, I always talk about these seasons, you know, and this, you go through these seasons. And I thought, no, this is like easy and loving all this. This is so we're just in this flow and it'd been working for two and a half years. It was amazing. We went like, world schooling in Mexico in March and we just thought, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, bam, like it just like, came out of nowhere, this awful. And yeah, you just have to, I know we'll get that back, but for now, this is where we're at. And all those day trips and things will happen. They just can't happen right now. And yeah, I think so yeah that's where I'm at with it now and feeling that it, that's really helped me the last few months get through really having that kind of mind frame about it yeah yeah I think it's really that that thing about how you you actually build your relationship with your children in the present moment you know and we do such a lot of worrying about what we've not done or worrying about what we're going to do in the future and actually it's what happens right here and now that's really important and I think that that it, it, like we've we've just said feeling your feelings is really important but and and there is going to be an element of of questioning yourself and I think that element of questioning yourself about whether you're doing enough is a good thing it's not a bad thing you know as long as you know as long as we don't get stuck there um you know as long as long as we're able to yeah to keep to keep that in check I guess feel our feelings but don't necessarily stay there for too long then then these difficult times are just um yeah they, they bounce us on hopefully to you know to to another you know a good time or a difficult time whatever comes next in life you know we don't know do we but the more we can yeah like you say surrender and think about what we're actually doing right now rather than worrying about what we're not doing I guess is mm. is important mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh my gosh. I feel like this has all been so good. Does anybody else have anything else to add or ask or pop in with or are we good? I'm always conscious. It's always getting a little later for the UK people, right? (laughs) (laughs) And Kiki, you were probably tired starting. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I'll just pass out as soon as I in about five minutes when we're... Yeah. <laughs> but thank you thank you so much for having me I've, it's been so lovely to actually see your faces as well and and chat through everything um it's so good for the soul I think isn't it when like-minded people just having a chat about things that we can relate to and it's been great thank you oh my yeah, gosh it's been really really lovely to meet you mm-hmm. yeah it's been so nice I really appreciate it Kiki thank you I know it's been a tough several months so um really yeah appreciate you taking the time to come and and connect this has been good so all right we'll see you later everybody thank you thank you bye Bye. Bye. and this ends our conversation today we hope you found it interesting and helpful if you'd like to connect further or see additional content erin can be found on the web and on instagram at ever learning Ashley can be found on Instagram at Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shells. And I, Hayley, can be found on the web and on Instagram at Taking a Kinder Path. 
We'd love it if you'd share this conversation with anyone you think might like it. And if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe you'd consider leaving us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're so grateful you made time in your day to listen to us chat. Thanks so much for listening.